The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Whether you're drinking a good old-fashioned damn good beer or you're having yourself a seltzy, that's right, one of those seltzers, you got delicious beer or seltzer, and you know it's going to be fantastic. You get it at the liquor store or down at the King Supers, maybe down at the DNVR bar. Get a 15-can sampler of either. Try out what flavor works best for you. You know it's damn good beer. You know it's damn good Celsi. So make it a part of your damn good baseball watching or podcast listening experience by getting a 15-can sampler today from our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. you got to remember to use the promo code DNVR25 because it'll hook you up with 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. Also, don't forget to subscribe at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I'm your host, Drew Kreisman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is the voice of the Colorado Rockies on television at AT&T Sportsnet, also the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman. What's happening, boys? You know, there, there's baseball that's going on. The, the Rockies are struggling a little bit. We know that's happening, Goody. But I, I want to start you in a, in a bright spot because – one of our, you know, annual questions, I'm sure it's one of the, these things, you know, we go through these yearly rituals with baseball and before the, every season, people like to ask who's never been an all-star before, who's going to be an all-star before 2019, both Patrick and I answered to that question, Ryan McMahon. And then before 2020, both Patrick and I answered to that question, Ryan McMahon. And before 2021, <laughs> Can you guess? I don't know if you're sensing a pattern or a theme. Yeah, I got you. Um, But while there hasn't been a lot to get super excited about, especially at the plate, we'll talk about some of the quality pitching we've seen. Ryan McMahon's start at the plate has really, I think, started to match up with some of the expectations and, and, and even just the talent that we know is there. How much of a joy has that been for you to watch and break down? Well, I've said this on my podcast, I've said it on your guys' podcast, and I've said it uh, several times during the broadcast, that this is a year of opportunity. Um, It's an opportunity for some, I don't want to call them younger, because it's not like there's a bunch of 21-year-old kids up here. These guys are 26, 27 years old, Um, and they're lesser service time players. Buddy says that also. And... You know, can they make a move? Can can it's a fact finding mission for the organization as well? You know, who are these guys? Well, we've seen Ryan McMahon a couple of years ago, and that's why you guys keep selecting him. And we all do that. This guy can really potentially be a star level player. Twenty four home runs a couple of years ago. We know he has to cut down on the strikeouts. So one of the things in the opening couple of weeks of the season that uh, has been impressive about Mac is he's getting the ball in play a lot more. He obviously, he's hit some home runs early. Um, you know, the batting average is, is significantly up. Very, very, very small sample size. But I like, just like you guys have said, I like what I've seen so far. Step forward and, and reach, you know, that kind of status uh, potentially. And the other thing he's doing for the roster, too, is is moving around from second 
to third base. Uh, we've yet to really see him over at first base, but he's allowing Buddy to be flexible and, and, and kind of playing the best matchups. You know, McMahon was left out of the opening day roster, or opening day lineup, I should say. But since then, you know, he's been able to to hit lefties. So really, he's he's been, you know, almost a utility guy, a super utility guy with the way he's been able to perform at the plate and defensively all around the infield. Well, you know, it's interesting today. They're facing uh, a real good lefty in Julio Arias. And one of the things you're seeing me do when I turn my head is I'm writing my lineup in my, uh, you know, my scorebook because, you know, after I get, uh, after we complete this podcast, I'm going to run up and shower and then head in. It's kind of, my world's different. Everybody broadcasting wise is different. You Normally you're at the ballpark, just like you guys, three, three and a half, almost four hours before a game. Now we're going to go into our studio and, you know, I get there an hour and a half out, so I have the luxury of time. But uh, to the original point, Ryan McMahon's hitting third tonight. Trevor Story's not in the lineup this evening. And and Ryan McMahon, even though it's left on left, he's your three-hole hitter. And you guys noticed that, you know, he was batting in the two-hole a couple of games. Um, he was more of an RBI spot last night in the five spot. But, yes, he has um, engendered confidence in Buddy with, with what he's done thus far and in, in what has been a very bleak start offensively, particularly clearly on the road, you know, he's the one guy you can point to and say, Hey, you know what? That's looked pretty good. Even last night, I'll give you an example. I said this on, on television last night, uh, the importance of getting the ball in play. Um, this has happened a couple times recently with guys who've been more high strikeout guys where they where they got the ball in play. And and in the case of Mac, it was kind of a weak ground ball to the right side. Hampson, it may have been a couple of nights ago, so forgive me if I'm mixing up days. But Hampson was able to move to second. The only play for, for, the, for Gavin Lux was to go to first. And so now there was two outs. I think it was two days ago. Now there's two outs. Hampson's in scoring position and stories up. Unfortunately, Trevor didn't get a hit. But if he did, you kind of steal a run there. If he has an empty at bat, talking about McMahon when Hampson's at first and strikes out, it's two outs, stories up, you know, great hit or obviously a huge extra base uh, hit threat. But you now, because he got it in play, something good happened out of that, as opposed to if you swing and miss, nothing good's going to happen. Yeah, we've kind of lost that art in the game of just advancing the guy up one station where you just you swap out the guy on first base for the guy at home plate. And you're right, that that little bit uh, can be can be a big difference. Look at the Dodgers. Uh, they're the best. I don't think there's any question. And we don't see on a regular basis some of the other teams. We see the Dodgers all the time. We see them in spring training. We know they've won eight division titles in a row. We all know that they're world champions. They're better, believe it or not, than they were even a year ago. Um, here's something else. I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, which you know I can do. Um, the Dodgers, a year and change ago, got rid of – they traded Ken Maeda and Jean, uh, Ryu, right? Yeah. Those guys – they also okay. lost Rich Hill, too, which is no yeah. slouch, right? Okay. He was pitching well, man. Exactly. Well, Maeda and Ryu, yeah. Maeda yeah, and Ryu. Guys. A lot of people don't realize this. I've mentioned this on the air. Maeda and Ryu finished second and third in the American League Cy Young last year. Maeda and Ryu are off to another good start with Minnesota and Toronto, respectively. L.A. doesn't miss a beat. Imagine. I don't know where they get these guys. Dustin May was battling his ass off to make the rotation. 
he's throwing 99 mile an hour sinkers. And now he's added that four seam. So his swing and miss rate is way up from a year ago. Now he's striking guys out. This guy didn't learn that he made the rotation until the last day of March. I mean, he'd be, he'd be an ace on a number of teams. It's, they're, yeah. they're, you know, so I got off on a team. They're, they're, they're crazy good. But going back to the offensive side of things, their chase rate, talking about the Dodgers, is really low. And when you throw the ball over the plate, they hit the ball hard. And, and the Rockies' chase rate is too high. And they have to make more consistent, hard contact when the ball is in the zone. Yeah, uh, I, I did want to ask you about that specifically. We know that you know they're, they're they're not drawing very many walks. They're on the flip side walking too many guys. One guy we had talked about, Rymal Tapia, is having a really nice year, not striking out. Um, of course, right as soon as we highlighted that that night, he did have one extra one, and it was in the worst possible spot. Again, I can't remember exactly, but it's like, ah, oh, Rymal, right when it, but but you know he's been putting the bat on the ball a little bit better. Uh, this question that comes in from Liam is, uh, you know, who is someone who can step up to the next level and maybe be a game changer daily? Because I think that's going to be part of their game. Who's that guy who figures out how to get the bat on the ball a bit more often, cut down on those and start being an impact player for this Well, team? I mean, you, you naturally gravitate to the guy we, we opened the show talking about, Ryan McMahon. I mean, he he's positioned and, and he would have probably been best positioned to be that guy even before the nice start to the season with the five home runs. You hope that when we have that question from Leem, you know, six, eight weeks from now, you can add a another guy. And I don't know who that is. I mean, I, I, I think Garrett Hampson's done some good things. He had a rough night last night, striking out four times. His, his contact rate and whiff rate had been down significantly. Obviously, it's going to go up a little bit after, after the Golden Sombrero uh, yesterday. I think he can impact the game with the bat in addition to the wheels, which we – always talk about Sam Hilliard has to you know has to when he's in there there's got to be less swing and miss I mean he he gets you excited because of his his tools but you know if he's striking out 35 percent of the time or so you know it, it's going to be tough to get out there every day um, you know and and, and I guess I, I guess if you really look at that question you're gonna you want to rely heavily on your two most veteran um, and established players, Story and and Charlie. And in the case of Trevor, yeah, we know he's hit some balls to the wall and unfortunately he has no home runs yet. That'll come. Charlie, um, unlike a year ago when you couldn't get him out and everything was a double or a home run, it seemed like, for two weeks, 17 games, he was hitting 500, he's gotten off to a really slow start. By the way, while you ask this next question, I'm going to go take the broccoli off the stove. I can All hear right. you, though. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, yes, we said Story's not going to be in the lineup tonight. Uh, Blackman is also out of the lineup. Uh, but Alan Trejo does make his first start, so that's nice to see him there at shortstop. He's a DNVR Rockies podcast favorite. And I, and I did want to point out, too, that in 2019, I said it was either going to be Dahl or McMahon that was an all-star. So I'll, I'll take 50% credit. And also, to both Drews, and, and this goes to me as well, it is a little crazy that we have to take a step back when we call a 27-year-old ball player, well, he's not exactly young. No, no, that that's young. Like, let's – in our parlance, right? I mean, 
that's still young, but sure, in the baseball sense of things, by 27, you should have maybe more figured out. But come on, it, it, that's young in our books, isn't it? it, it, it it's, it's young, but I'm going to this, answer this question literally. It's young, but prime should be you know, 25, 26 to 32 typically. That, that's how front offices yep. often look at what a, a prime should be. They also look at, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 at-bats, 1,200 at-bats before you really know what you get. Are there outliers like a Juan Soto who comes up at 19 and, and has figured it out very early on? Of course there are. Um, 27, yeah, if you figure it out, there's still a lot of good years in front of you. So I understand what you're arguing, Patrick, but it's not like, hey, they're 21, 22, and you know, they're kids and we're figuring it out. You know, if, if you're sitting there as a major league player and you're 27 and you haven't established yourself yet, you know the clock's ticking because there aren't many Mike Yastrzemskis who show up and late 20s, almost 30, all of a sudden blossom into a star-level player. Usually the ship has sailed and you now become what's known as an organizational player and you're no longer a prospect. Yeah, you're, or you're and, a and, and for those that don't know, you guys certainly do. An organizational player is a guy that, you know, is, is in the upper levels of the minor leagues. You know, you, you, you need not every guy in, in AAA or certainly in AAA or even in AA oftentimes is, is looked at as a prospect. But you need a guy to play third. You need a guy to play right. And, and, and some, some guys are just filling out rosters and they're good guys. And, and in a pinch, if maybe they get, a, you know, a call up for, for a couple of weeks – and then they get sent back out, but they're no longer looked upon as, hey, this is going to be part of the next wave of, of you know, players that we hope leads us to more victories than losses. So, you know, when you get in that 27 age range, you know, you're not looked at as a, as a real young player anymore. Yeah, there's, there's not as much room for, for that growth. He could be like a quadruple-A player, which, again, it's like you're better than triple-A, right? You're going to you're gonna be an all-star at triple-A level, but you're still, you know, maybe figuring out a little bit in the majors. Yeah. I mean, a guy recently that comes to mind is like Steven Cardulo, who, you know, fans really, you know, seem to get behind and support. And you go, you know, he's, he's going to have some big games a little bit here and there, you know, struggles to, uh, you know, make his way permanently in the major leagues. But, you know, when he goes back down to triple-A, he's helping everybody out or on the roster and, uh, contributing in that way and and yeah it's 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 a tough spot to be in uh if if, if you're in that position but um yeah. that's why that's why uh, the time time is of the essence for all of those guys you know the hamsons the hilliards the you know the tapias um to to you know really figure out who they are as major league players and for the organization to figure out who they are as major league players. And they're going to be afforded an opportunity this year, uh, you know, to get one would assume 450 at bats or so. Um, and, and you kind of, you know, are they figuring it out? Do you, are you, are you seeing them ramp up? You know, it's not a, you know, it's not always a smooth linear um, uh, line, if you will, to stardom or to who, whatever they become. Most players don't become stars. Let's be honest. But, um, you know, if a guy's going to become a, a quality everyday player on what you hope is a winning club eventually, when, when do they arrive at that level? When do they establish that level? 
And that's one of the things hopefully we will learn this year. And some guys you would hope, hey, when when July and August roll around, you go, you know what? This guy's starting to figure it out. He, he's much better than what we witnessed in April, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the most interesting things about the team. I, I do keep reminding people that while it may not feel like such a, a solace, this is a team that you should expect to grow. And believe it or not, they will not play half of their games for the entire season against maybe the best team we've seen in baseball in the last two decades. They'll stop playing the Dodgers. There's still plenty of games left against the Dodgers. Let's not get ourselves about that. But they will at some point have an opportunity to prove themselves against a team that doesn't have, as you were saying, Goody, a guy like Dustin May pitching in the fifth spot in their rotation. Like there's going to be some series where that are a little more uh, winnable. I'll say this Dodger team. You you talk about the last couple of decades. I'm, you know, I know you're probably going there in deference to the late nineties, New York Yankees. That's exactly where I would have to compare. I would have to compare and contrast, but this is as good a roster um, off the top of my head that I've seen maybe period. Wow. They're that good. And and you think about some of the guys that they're missing. You know, Bellinger hasn't played in a week. They're 5-1 and one without Bellinger. Betts and Bellinger didn't play over the weekend. They swept a pretty good Washington team. I know Washington's missing some guys also. But they still, they swept Washington. Uh, Grotterall has not thrown a pitch yet. He's getting close to coming back. He sits on 100 coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, you think about uh, looking at some of my, uh, you know, some of my notes. You, Tommy, Tommy Canley. He's, yeah. He's, oh, he's, he's banged up right now. Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly. That was the other one. Joe Kelly is still a couple, three weeks away from returning. I mean, they rest guys like it's the NBA, right? Where, yeah. hey, you know, we're, we're load management. They're doing that where we really haven't seen that in baseball. Yeah, guys get a day here and there. They give guys complete days off and barring playing 13 or 14 innings, which is very difficult to do now with the California tiebreaker rule. That guy ain't playing. I, I, I've repeated this line uh, a few times, and it, I, I thought it was funny. I'm a big fan of Dave Roberts. He's a great, great human being. And, and Dave Roberts, when he was asked last year in a game on a Zoom call, he, uh, Mookie Betts isn't in there. He says, yep, he's got a spa day today. And so I, I always run that out there. But he gives guys spa days all the time. I mean, he, he Corey Seager's got a spa day today. And I guarantee you, barring something unforeseen, he will keep Corey Seager out of the game today. And they can afford to do that. How many teams can do that? Like tra- you mentioned, Trevor Story's not in the starting lineup today. Charlie's not in the starting lineup. In all likelihood, at some point in time, Buddy's going to tap him on the shoulder, and they're going to get they're going to have an at bat because you need those guys, you know, to help you score runs. The Rockies obviously aren't scoring at all. The Dodgers right now they are so deep, even without some of the names we mentioned, that you know they can give guys complete days off and do everything possible to stay away from them. Yeah, they're they're just a well oiled machine because even if. You know, you do go back and you think about those Yankees teams from the late 90s, even in, in 2000, 2001, 2003. It seemed like anyone you, you threw the pinstripes on 
was going to go and, and produce, even, even if it was a lower level guy. So you're even seeing that with like Luke Rayleigh, like a, a young guy that they're just bringing up. He's like a fourth, fifth outfielder for them. But because there's just so much talent around him in the lineup and everyone else is doing what they need to do, he's just got to stay within himself. And like we talked about earlier, McMahon hitting a hard ball, you know, to the right side and you advance the runner over, Hey, that's, that's good. The next guy's going to take care of that next piece. So it, it, when you do they're, little things well, the big things take care of themselves. And and they're just getting, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's there's no pressure on the on the Luke Rayleigh of the world. Zach McKinstry, he's a 33rd round pick out of Central Michigan. Unbelievable. Zach McKinstry leads the Dodgers in ribbies. Zach McKinstry is has taken over the role of Kike Hernandez. They get got this is not a first round pick. This isn't a second round pick. This is a guy who was drafted in the 33rd round. He was listed beginning the year by Baseball America as their 33rd, excuse me, as their 15th best prospect. And yet here he is, a big-time contributor so far through the opening couple of weeks of the season. Um, so, yes, they, they have become a well-oiled machine. And to the great point that you made, let the pressure fall on the Turners and the bets of the world and the other guys just go do their thing. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a brutal situation out there, as you know, for Colorado Rockies fans. Probably not putting a smile on your face, but you still got to find times to smile throughout the day. And if you want your smile to be the best that it can be, you got to check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. You know they're the absolute best. They treat you like family. They're huge sports fans. They love their Colorado Rockies baseball out there. They'll talk to you all about the team. Anything you want to know about, they'll treat you like family. I mean, they, they send you cards on your birthday, all kinds of stuff. We've had so many people here in our DNVR family get big work done. You know about Michaela's story. Lindsay Sowers have it done. Uh, had, I think, the wisdom teeth thing done there. They're absolutely fantastic. They're professional. They take care of you. And they hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. It's just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver right there in Lakewood. Check them out at GreenMountainDental.com. Also, if you want to save enough money to make sure that you're, uh, you, you know, you've got your coffers full so that you can take care of your teeth and be doing all that stuff, you got to check out our friends at Gabby. Now, Gabby Insurance stands for Get a Better Insurance, and that's literally what they do. They help you get a better insurance. Work for me, Guy AJ Hayfley over in the hockey beat, Lindsey Sauer, Eric Weedham saved over a grand. I was at 480 bucks, but that was just on my car insurance for the year. You're probably paying too much for your home and or car insurance. It's no obligation to go check them out right now. Put your policy to the test just like I did. Go to gabi.com slash DNVR. That's gabi.com slash DNVR. It'll take you less than 10 minutes. You put in some information. They'll hook you up with a whole bunch of quotes. You just select the one you like the best, and boom, you saved yourself a whole bunch of money. Enough to treat yourself to any number of things. You can do something better. Customers save on average $961 per year. You can wow. do something better with that money. Uh, there's no obligation. There's no text messages. There's no email floods. None of that. Just more money in your bank account. No downside. Check them out. GABI.com slash DNBI. All right. Goody. Let's pull the curtain back a little bit. And let's talk about your scorebook. 
because yeah. you're not using the scorecard that they offer at Coors Field, which is fantastic. I, I use it all the time. Uh, the press, we we have one that we can print out at, at home when we're not at the stadium. But you've got, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got a Carpenter scorebook. Is that correct? No, I have no. It's not Carpenter. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby, you're referencing Bobby Carpenter who does games, uh, has done games for a long time for Washington, and he has his name on the front. No, this That's is right. a uh, this is a Drew Goodman. Uh, there we go, Drew Goodman special. Now, people look at this. That's pretty thick, right? That's one half. So you'll note it on the first. It says first half, and then obviously I have another one, uh, second half. I used to put them all in one, but the binder was like that big, and and it, you know you needed to. You know I like to lift weights, but I mean I felt like I was getting extra workout dragging that thing around. Uh, um, no, and I I made my own over the years. You know you you kind of tinker with it. It's one of the things uh, I think play-by-play guys get into, whatever the sport is, how they put their spotting boards together in football, how they put their basketball boards together, and, and also how they put their scorebooks together. And I think most guys like to use their own and, and, and uh, you know, it's unique to them. So, yeah, and I use different color, different colored pens. You know, red means something, you know, in the scorebook, like if you look at last night, can't look on the rocky side because not many red marks but red means uh, you know something positive happened so i know it's hard to see in this but you know here's mookie Betts. so one b red he had a single and then ultimately he scored so it's all colored in uh there black is is indicative of an out i put the defense in green and um i put the lineup in blue so i have all different color schemes uh, going on a nightly basis now, before we went to extra innings, did you had you thought about how you were going to score that? Like, how do you have the previous runner? Yeah, what I do, what I do in that, I have, one. you know, just like most scorebooks, I have extra frames, and then I have room if I need to to quickly draw. You know, I I go out through twelve innings, and then if I need to draw, you know, additional lines, I can get out to sixteen, seventeen innings, and. We've only seen a couple beyond that, at least in my 20 years. Um, what I do now, let's say Mookie, you know, Mookie Betts made the last out, and we're now in extra innings. So that next inning, I put him at second base and then start with whoever, you know, Chris Taylor, let's say, and and go from there. Um, it's it's a little bit different, but that's how I that's how I handle it. And it's clean. You can still figure out what happened. And any other modifications that you've made to your scorebook, particular that you like, just to to have like that that's comforting for you. Um, I'm a I like a lot of room, so my book is pretty big. Um, and because I like to have a lot of notes at my disposal, I have individual notes and team notes, and um, you know, obviously the area for the extras, and you know, solid area up top on the left for for defense and the pitching area you know, is on the right for the starter. And then each guy who comes in out of the pen. And um, again, a lot of areas that are open to, for me taking notes and using different colored pens and all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, each day is, is a new day and um, you, you have to go with what works for you. And uh, I, I tell you, there's a guy really quickly, and I'll off on another tangent. There's a guy that, was a stat guy years ago and I worked with him when I was doing NFL games at NBC back in, in 
this goes way back when I first met him in 1993. And he realized uh, over a period of time that, that we as play-by-play guys in football, if he could come up with a, a streamlined way to put the spotting boards together, he could make a business out of it. And he's done that. And now virtually every uh, play-by-play guy in every network utilizes him. The networks pay for it. Um, and it is clean and typewritten. That was the most time-consuming thing you would do every week in getting ready for a football game is you'd have to put you know two and three deep, sometimes four deep at running back and, and wide receiver, some of the skills positions. And each guy, I was making a little sticker, you know, Drew Creaseman, 6'2", 195, you know, let's say it was college, junior out of Saginaw, Michigan. And then, you know, different color from stats, you know, a different color to say, you know, his brother played in the NFL with the Browns for four years. And and then he put his number in, you know, let's say he was playing for Ohio State. So he put that in red in 82. Okay, boom. And I had to look up, you know, all his biographical data that, you know, that just doing one guy took like seven, eight, ten minutes. Put him on the board. So now this guy in Atlanta, he's actually out of Charlotte now. Um, He's put this business together and it's great. There's still places for your own notes because you have to still do homework. But in terms of the nuts and bolts, you know, it comes to you already with Creaseman's name on there, his height, his weight, his year, how many catch statistically what he's done this year. You know, he's got 42 catches, you know, for uh, averaging 17 yards a catch. And he's been in the end zone six times. So, um, that that was outstanding in helping us. But when it comes to baseball and basketball, um, he does it for hoops also. But I still like to do it by hand um, with with those particular sports. What happens to your old scorebooks? <laughs> yeah. Are you keeping those? Are you keeping? Uh, them? Yeah, I have. Um, I'm a saver. Um, nice. I have every scorebook from every season, and and several years back, I went to splitting them in half. So. You know, first half, second half, uh, they're in, you know, bins and, you know, either in, in, in storage. So, uh, yes, I have them all. I have, I have virtually every board for football I've done and basketball. There are literally, you know, now we're into the thousands. Um, so I don't know why I save them, but say, do you ever, do you ever go back and, and look at them? I, I told this story, I think in the off season, one of my favorite nerd alert for just a second. It's been a while since I've done one of these, but one of my favorite episodes of television all time is a star Trek episode from the next generation in the nineties when, and there's this guy who's obsessed with baseball, but he's never seen a baseball game. He only has all of these scorecards that he discovered because baseball <laughs> isn't played anymore. And he just reads through the scorecards and, and he's researched the game and he just plays the game out in his mind. And it was such a romantic vision of the game. I just loved it so much, but I was just wondering if you ever like go back and I, I don't, I, it's not like an, a, an appointment at <laughs> two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon when I had nothing going on in the middle of January, but I am going to look back at some old scorecards, but when I've moved some things or what, or that type of thing, and I'll come across, you know, a game, you know, Texas, Nebraska or something in football. And I'll, and I'll look at the names on the board and go, Oh man, that guy went on to have a nice NFL career, that sort of thing. Or boy, I remember that guy. Um, so yeah. Uh, when that happens, I'll stop for a moment and, and, and look at him. Um, 
the baseball books, I don't really typically go back and say, all right, what happened on July 23rd? The Rockies were playing the uh, Giants in San Francisco, and look who's in the lineup. Don't don't end up doing um, a lot of that, but uh, it, I guess kind of cool when you know you're going through some stuff and you and you can go back like old Nuggets boards. I remember I found one. You guys will you guys will appreciate this. This goes back to uh, uh, Bill Hanslick's lone year of coaching the Nuggets. And I'm not taking a shot out of bounds because Hanslick's a dear friend of mine. He and Mary Beth, his wife, and in fact, we lived next to them for 17 years. And the reason we lived next to them is we were good friends and the the neighbor had put the house on the market. So anyhow, uh, but Bill, if you remember, that was just a dreadful year. And the Nuggets were going to challenge the 76ers for win futility. The record the 76ers had under Fred Carter was nine wins and 73 losses. And for a long time, it looked like the Nuggets were going to do worse than that, if that's possible. And then they signed Corey Alexander, who had gotten released by San Antonio, and he could score a little bit. And the Nuggets ended up winning 11 games that year. So I remember coming across a board. Yeah, we got them. <laughs> I remember coming across a board. And this is back when Sacramento was good. They had Chris Weber and they, they oh, had that a, was Mitch that was Richmond. Team. Yeah. They this had still Vladi Divots. Vladi was there. They had a really Bobby nice Jones. Team. So we were at, this was when it was at Arco Arena. And I remember looking at that board that I came across and I'm looking at my notes and the Nuggets were five and fifty-eight. And the Sacramento Kings had a you know really pretty record. You know, they were like 42 and 20 or something like that, right? And I'm going, what on earth did I say in the open? Welcome everybody to Arco Arena, where tonight it's the 42 and 20 Sacramento Kings taking on the five and fifty-eight Denver Nuggets. Glad you're along, everyone. <laughs> Literally, they were five and fifty-eight. So that was so going. Yeah, we got off on this whole thing, but it's kind of neat when you come across something like that. That means they won less than nine percent of their games. Right. Quick math there. And they didn't win that night, so they went to five and (laughs) fifty-nine. That's right. Yeah, we were actually for we had this conversation on uh, the Denver Sports Podcast a week or two ago when we get all four beats together, and we were talking about the worst individual seasons and in all of Colorado sports history. And there were some people who thought because the Rockies have had some rough years. Oh, Drew, you're going to have a shot at this. And our Nuggets guys ran away with it. We're like, not even close, man. No. I'm like, look, it's not even close. The Nuggets have had some awful, awful years. And the Rockies have never lost yeah. 100 games. They're one of only two major league baseball teams who have never lost 100 baseball games. Who's the other one? The, the Angels. The Angels. Angels. Yeah, believe it or not. Wow, I didn't know the answer to that. I knew the Rockies hadn't. Um, I, I I had the pleasure, and I mean that, and, and the great privilege, because that is what it is to to do what we do. Even now, rough period with the Rockies, and uh, it's still a privilege to to have the honor to come into people's homes on a nightly basis. And I mean that. I'm not being sarcastic or, at all. Um, and yeah, we all want them to win. Fans want them to win. Broadcasters want them to win. Front offices, you know, everybody wants them to win. We get that. Um, but you don't control that. So going back to those Nugget 
years. I, I did the Nuggets on television for 10 years, and they only had two winning seasons. Both those winning seasons, they end up going to the playoffs. Now, it's a little much easier, uh, as we all know, to get to the postseason in the NBA uh, than it is Major League Baseball. So two out of 10, not great. And then when I started doing the Rockies, the first few years were, were lean years before, really before 07. I, my first year doing them was 02. And I'm like, okay, man, I got a PhD in losing right now. <laughs> wow. So I, I got a lot of experience calling teams that um, are not real good. So, um, but that, that's why there's great joy when, when the planets align and, and a team is good. And, and sometimes when a team surprises, when they're maybe not expected to be good, it makes it that much more rewarding. That's kind of interesting that Mike, Mike D'Antoni was the guy that picked up after Hanslick. So yeah. He- Still ended up going on and having a pretty good career. Didn't know it at the time, though. I'm going to repeat this on my podcast, um, but you just reminded me, Patrick. Mike D'Antoni saved our ass the year that the Nuggets won 11 games because he had – Mike played you know, in Italy, and Mike's a great personality. He's a wonderful guy. And he had this card game. It's basically a, you know, a form of poker – that he called Milano and he introduced us to it and we would play on nights off we would play after games we would play sometimes if there was a bus ride longer than 15 minutes to the airport we'd be we'd be playing in the aisle with Dan <laughs> Tony myself I think it was Hastings and you know a couple other guys and we regularly would play either in somebody's room or wherever we could and we'd laugh and you know there was some money exchanged naturally and uh we we that that game i told mike uh, i ran into him you know every, every time i'd run into him in ensuing years i'd say man that that saved uh that saved my sanity that year that's amazing that's yeah. absolutely amazing oh I'll, I'll never miss a good mike d'antoni story i don't know if there's a bad one but that good dude good dude you know you know uh, like you i sound like buddy now good dude like we all know buddy black great dude buddy the best mike d'antoni good dude that's cool yeah um we have talked actually a lot on this show about that that interesting dynamic between covering a team that that's had its struggles and that plays at its disadvantages and that doesn't have all the money and the built-in advantages that some of the other, and then you, before you even get to like some of the altitude and all of that versus the teams that expect to win and the Yankees, it's been, you know, decade and they're sitting there going, Hey, aren't we supposed to win the world series every year? It's very interesting that I think there are a lot of fans out there going, Oh man, if I just rooted for a team that was in the postseason every year, I love when people tell me if I just rooted for the Oakland A's, I'd be happy because we're in the postseason every year. As if A's fans aren't like still Nuggets fans waiting for, to win the World Series. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still sitting there going, man. Every year we're out in the first round. It's a brutal game, man. It's uh, it was designed uh, to to beat everybody down. Everyone fails more than they succeed. Like you said, it's about those moments where the planets align and the seas part, and that 2007 run happens, and they win the National League pennant, and the amount of joy that comes from that versus. Oh, okay, we won the pennant because we were expected to throw it in the pile with the others. 
Yeah, I think most teams, honestly, are going to fall into the latter category where you really better enjoy, you know, the seasons that things work out or when you've accumulated enough of talent that you you literally um, are one of the contenders. And we've seen it recently, even with the Rockies. I know it doesn't feel that way um, over the last, you know, couple of years and certainly with this offseason. Uh, but in 17 and 18, you know, good years. You know, you go to the postseason, which is – that's why they – I always say this, man. That's why they pour champagne and beer on each other's head when they make the playoffs. They don't do that in basketball. They don't need to. You know, you you have a pretty good idea at the start of the year most of the teams are going to go. And, and even in the NHL, to a certain degree, that's the case. Um, and with baseball, it's so hard – uh, to get there, um, there are teams that are going to have financially an advantage and an expectation that every year they're in it. We know who those teams are, the Yankees, the Dodgers. But even look at a huge market team like the Giants, and they had a great decade between 2010 and 2020. They won three world championships. Most teams are more like the Rockies, where you're going to have to embrace the years that they're pretty good and and suffer through the years where uh, they're you know, not competitive at, at, at that level. Uh, but, you know, it, it seems like a year, you know, years ago and, and you know, I want we all want to see them win. It's 2021 now, 2018 is now three years ago, 2018, they finished in a dead heat with the Dodgers after 162 games. And you can play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. Had they won one game out in LA in late September, one game, they finish you know, in front of the Dodgers and win their first ever division. And now when you look at it, the Dodgers seem like they're, they're on a different planet than, than the Rockies are. So things can change rapidly. And, uh, you know, hopefully from a positive standpoint, we can see, a, you know, a rapid turnaround over the next whatever it is, couple of years. Commissioner A. Bart Giamatti once wrote in a poem, baseball, it's meant to break your heart. And and that and it does right that that happens even for Yankees fans who expect to win the World Series every single year. And for a time in the '90s, they they pretty much did. Uh, but you know, you you grew up as a Mets fan. I mean, there was a lot of uh, tough times for the Mets for a while uh, in in between Tom Seaver and the '86 Mets. Like there there was a few and far between for a period of time. Yeah, even before Steinbrenner got things turned around with the Yankees, they were miserable for a while when I was growing up. And the Mets became the darlings of New York, you know, in the, right. obviously in 69. And, you know, they were in the World Series again in 73. And they had the great pitching staff. And they had opportunistic players offensively. Uh, look at Boston. I mean, for all of their success in the 21st century, and, and I know they're off to a, a much better start this year. They, I think they lost today, but they had won nine in a row, or at least they were losing today. I didn't see what the final was. Uh, but, you know, Boston – has hit some hard times of late. It is really difficult to do what we're watching the Dodgers do in the sport of baseball, no matter how much money you have. And it's not always the team with the most money wins. Look at what Tampa's done. Look at when, you know, Drew talked about Oakland earlier. So it's a, it's why we love it. It's a unique sport. Um, we always base our, much of our predictions and, and um, even the analytics behind where we think a team will finish on past performance. And that's understandable. What else are we going to go on? But every year, 
baseball produces a multitude of guys that we've never heard of, like Mercedes in, in Chicago mean? with the White Sox on the south side, where this guy's just hitting tanks and um, Akil Badu from uh, Detroit. Akil Badu, who's a fascinating interview. Have you heard him? Um, yeah, I saw an interview with him on MLB Network. Great, uh, you know, really interesting guy and um, seems like a fun guy. But yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I work in the game. You guys work in the game. Had you ever heard of him? It's a no. Rule 5 guy. Nope. No, no I, I don't pay attention, too much attention to Rule 5 guys only because, you know, the best you could hope for is, hey, this is a good contributing guy. Maybe he's the you know, second lefty out of the pen at best. Or sometimes they'll take a guy, the Diamondbacks, about five years ago. They took a, a, a rookie catcher who's like 20 years old out of A-ball, Oscar Hernandez, I think, only because they were going to stash him on the roster and just send him back down to double-A the next year. So it's really – it's there's more strategy to it than, oh, man, this guy is going to be a real – diamond in the rough the next johan santana or dan ugler or shane victorino it, it, that doesn't happen anymore really no roberto clemente david ortiz mm. one of the bigger guys that were uh with sam i'm trying to think was johan santana also a rule five guy he was yeah he was, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, also he was with uh houston uh, before well, the uh, rockies houston have a rule five guy right now we'll see how the season plays out but you know they've mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. they've already had a number of hiccups in their bullpen and at least initially, I know it hasn't been high leverage situations, but Jordan Sheffield has thrown the ball well. Does he at some point get an opportunity to be in a, in a, in a situation where he's in games that are closer or maybe even protecting a lead later on? We'll see. He's a Rule 5 guy. Yeah, All, we, that, all that stuff's great. Go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, why, why is that? Why don't we have the dynasties like – we used to have and and is it just because you know the game is so complex there's more than one way to create a a championship club whereas it used to be again you look at what what the yankees did in in the late 90s and then oakland said hey actually we can find a way to get value for these young guys that now there's just more ways to get it done and because of that you can have that down year and someone else steps up why don't we see those same dynasties anymore um, I, I think there's so many different ways to win or lose a baseball game yeah. that it goes beyond whose roster you would take before first pitch, right? Where sometimes the other sports, it's going to play out, This is, especially over a series. This roster has more talent. Could they lose a game on a given night? Yes, but they got LeBron and they have Anthony Davis, and it's going to be really hard to beat them you know, in a seven-game series, that sort of thing. In baseball, yeah, on paper, you may go, I'm going to take, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw over your guy, and I'm going to take Trevor Bauer over your guy, but the your guy all of a sudden pitches really, really well, and yeah, over a long period of time, you're going to take Kershaw, you're going to take Bauer, right? But on a given night, those guys step up, you get a key hit. Next thing you know, you win a ball game. And it's, it's the beauty of baseball. It's one of the things that's unforeseen and makes it unpredictable. Yeah, uh, there's nobody that wouldn't take the Dodger roster right now at the start of the year over any other roster in baseball. But we truly don't know what will happen. They, they've been really good for a while. They've won one world championship. 
right? And teams understand the value of, of, of prospects and, and developing in the minors. So there are guys right now, as we said, Yermin Mercedes, Akil Badu, we weren't thinking about them going into the season. There's guys right now in the minor leagues who haven't even started yet that are going to make a difference in, 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 the, in the postseason or, or getting teams into the postseason. We saw last year with a Randy Rosarena who, you know, was kind of an afterthought a little bit for the final couple weeks of the season. And then boom, guy goes out, hits what, 10 home runs in the postseason. And, you know, next thing you know, Razor in the World Series. You, you, you can't really foresee that in any other sport. Yeah, St. Louis let him go, and I don't. We don't know what'll happen the rest of the way with uh, Rosarina's career. We know for a month, he he was historically good. Joe Charbonneau had a great year many moons ago. Go go, Joe Charbonneau. They made a song about him in Cleveland, and he was about as gone gone as fast as he arrived. Mark Fidrich, the late Mark Fidrich, was was the rage cover Sports Illustrated, and and he was really good for about a year and a half, and then had a precipitous fall. You don't know in the game of baseball. The one thing I will add is that when you have a deep pocket team like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, when guys reach stardom, and if you have multiple guys reach stardom and then have to get paid, they are, they're no longer just arbitration eligible, they're uh, eligible to be free agents. They have the greater means to keep multiple guys like that where most teams do not. Um, and, you know, we've yeah. seen, we saw that play out this winter, you know, I think COVID related certainly, but play out this winter with the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, well, not the best segue ever, but it's very tough to predict, but if you think you can predict <laughs> it, <laughs> you should well still done. get on that draft King sports book app. Uh, Look, follow Patrick. He, he's been hit. He's been nailing them lately. He, he had all those bets the other day. Uh, we had our hits. You guys didn't have Hilliard. I'm on that hit streak. My guy Tapia came up with a couple of them. So I was I, it was Tapia or, um, or or Hilliard last Hilliard. night, and, yeah. I, and I went Hilliard. But yeah, Tapia was the one to go with. I had that. Uh, you know, you you got to watch out for those strikeout lines every day. Those can be fascinating. I'm still putting five bucks. On Trevor's story to hit a home run every day until it happens. Even if he's I not in the lineup tonight. You. Yeah, yeah he's on the lineup. He'll yes, get one at still, that. It'll be the time good he does it. He, I, look, bold prediction. Trevor's story will not end this baseball season with zero home runs. I know. I'm going out on a I'm run. not going to bet against you on that one. Yeah. But uh, we're, we're having all kinds of fun like that on our pre-shows. He, bet, he better not. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're doing that on the pre-shows on the YouTube all the time. Make sure you're subscribed there, but make sure that you've got the drafting Sportsbook app downloaded because otherwise it doesn't really matter. We're helping you out with all that stuff. You think you know what's going on out there in the world of baseball. I know you do put your money where your mouth is, make a little extra dough or just make the game a little more fun and exciting throughout. I really do like that before the game, just placing a small dollar bet on somebody to hit a home run. It makes three or four at bats every single game that much more exciting for you. And there's usually a pretty decent payout for it. So download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if uh, the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's right. All they got to do, just pick a basketball team. You don't need to know anything about basketball. Just pick a team at random. They'll hit a three-pointer. Then you will turn $1 into $100 in free bets if you use that promo code DNVR at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
and Goody, I don't know how much you use uh, Baseball Savant, but they've got a cool feature where they take every batted ball from a player and they kind of lay it out over the course of all 30 ballparks. We know yeah. Trevor Story still has zero. If he had played all of his games at Angel Stadium, Trevor Story right now would have seven home runs. He would yeah, lead Major League Baseball. I said, yeah, I, 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 on all those sites, but I did. I said the other night that uh, he has six baseballs a couple of days ago, six balls he's hit that are out of eleven different parks in baseball. Um, so it's it's misleading. His hard hit rate, um, you know, was up there, and you know the average exit velocity was up there. So yeah, Trevor's going to hit home runs. We're that's that's not something of all the things to worry about. With the Rockies, uh, Trevor Story's performance is not one. I think when it comes to Trevor Story, what people worry about is the obvious. Right. Um, but one thing you don't have to worry about. Sorry, I got to keep plugging them. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> did I interrupt the spot? Uh, my bad. No, 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 no. No, no I did. My, my Trevor Story fun fact. I could not no, no, no. get it in. You know, I, uh, no, I get, we're, we're in between them. I'm coming <laughs> for Doug Marino. So I got to give you the good stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love that. It's, it does blow my mind. Imagine what his Mike Trout war would be. Anyway, I'll get back to that some other time. Uh, talking about our illegal pizza is back. I'm so stoked. Uh, for a while there, like a lot of other people, uh, you know, illegal Pete's, uh, well, well, they, they couldn't be a sponsor of the NBR for a minute. You can probably figure out why. But they're back with us. Absolutely love illegal Pete's. Our guy Adam Mares eats there once a week. So you got to ask him about the best stuff on the menu, apparently. I'm not quite that hardcore, but you love it. You know you love it. You got to get back down there. Lodo reopened in a new location with bigger indoor and outdoor space. Now serving on the corner of Wazie and 16th. Super close to Ball Arena and Coors Field. All locations serve breakfast until 1 p.m. I love getting that breakfast stuff. Get that breakfast burrito, but you can get tacos, bowls, the breakfast quesadillas, nachos, any of that stuff. They got chorizo, uh, proprietary blends of bacons and crumbles. All the breakfast means I'm getting my mouth is watering just talking about it. Getting excited that Illegal Pete's is back and they're back with us here at DNVR. Uh, taking care of everybody out there. So head on over to Illegal Pete's. They've got the sound check promotion going on right now. All the offers are offering a free draft beer or house mark with purchase of an adult entree uh, when the guest shows a same-day ticket to any event in the Lodo area. So if you're going out there, uh, checking out your Rockies, show them your ticket, uh, go over to Illegal Pete's. They'll hook you up with a special deal. Fantastic. Legal Pete's good stuff. Now, and uh, that's all the stuff that you get when you're a member of the DNVR family. We know we're we're always talking about it, but you got to become a member now. Now, now is the time. The Rockies are playing. The Nugs and Abs are getting ready for big, big playoff runs. I promise you. And when you order the annual subscription right now, we'll hook you up with a free shirt and a holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. There's just too many reasons to become a member of the family, hanging out with us in the Discord chat, discounts constantly on stuff, head to the dnvr.com right now, subscribe today. Uh, you're not going to be disappointed, I promise. Real quick, did want to get some thoughts. It is Jackie Robinson Day. It's a big holiday, obviously, in baseball. I wanted to uh, get, get some of your early takes. We're both East Coast guys. Uh, I, I tweeted out something earlier about how Jackie Robinson's first game uh, as a professional and outside of the Negro Leagues, actually came in New Jersey, came in Jersey City against the Jersey City uh, Giants when he was a member of the Montreal Royals. 
went four for four, hit his first home run as a pro uh, back in 1946. So uh, it, it's a wonderful day. Love seeing all those guys with, with 42 across their back. And for the Rockies to be doing in L.A. is is fantastic against the Dodgers. It's the first time ever that the Rockies will face the Dodgers uh, on Jackie Robinson Day. And the way I look at it, yes, it is a, a piece of baseball history, unquestionably. It is a large piece of American history. If you have zero interest in the game of baseball, you ought to know who Jackie Robinson was, what Jackie Robinson did, and uh, what he represented, and know about Jackie Robinson as you would other iconic Americans. So for me, it goes way beyond baseball. He, he was a transcendent figure who, unfortunately, um, you know, died way too soon, uh, you know, in the early 70s. But um, I'm, I'm reading a book right now that chronicles uh, the last basically nine days leading up to the 1960 presidential election, you know, a historic presidential election, John Kennedy, Richard Nixon, um, and intertwined the civil rights movement, which was being led by this young uh, pastor, minister, in, uh, reverend in, in, out of Atlanta, in, in Martin Luther King Jr. And there are many references to another person who was very prominent in the civil rights movement, Jackie Roosevelt Robinson. So, uh, yes, today's an important day. I think, uh, you know, going back to when Bud Selig said, hey, this is what's going to happen on April 15th, back in 2004. Uh, it's a day I always look forward to. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great day of re remembrance, and it's, a, it's an educational day. And I know that uh, the players that, that I've talked to, and I know you've talked to a lot of them, they really embrace the honor of wearing uh, 42 uh, on April 15th each year. So I think it's an awesome day and, and a little, you know, even that much more significant for the Rockies this year in that they're in L.A. taking on the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's a very special day. And I always I, I always bring this up whenever it comes up, but just big Rachel Robinson fan also. Uh, one of the uh, let me say this Drew, really quickly one of the one of the most memorable interviews you know you guys know that I love the long form interview you know ostensibly that's what my podcast is you know a little bit of me and and then long form interview um, I, I still think that uh, there's a great place for that as opposed to the 20 second sound bite right um, Rachel Robinson many years ago when I was at KOA uh, you know side hustle, you know, hosting shows at KOA, I had Rachel Robinson on and as eloquent, as interesting an interview as I've ever done. And it goes back probably now at least 25 years, probably closer to 30 years ago uh, that I did that interview uh, with her. But yes, I'm glad you brought that up because they they were a you know you know the term power couple yeah <laughs> yeah it wasn't it, this was it, it wasn't just about you know Jackie Robinson Rachel Robinson was you know a pioneer and and a, and a marvelously bright person in her own right yeah and, that's, and courageous 
And that's the know? closest thing we have to royalty in America, right? Like, we, there's a reason why we don't have any kings and queens and princes and princesses. But, but you're right, Jackie and Rachel. I mean, they're they're right up there with with the greatest that we've ever produced here in America. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and to and to your point with the long form interview, Brad Hop Part Two. I want to know on these two parters, are we going to get like a Goodman cut where we can get the full length <laughs> so we don't? You're making us wait here with Baby Brad. Finally, we got yeah, Brad, Part Two. Part two today, out, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Part Two came out this morning. You know, I, I was come out on Thursday morning and um, with with the new show. And these things were organic. I don't know if I've uh, maybe off air. We all talked about it. You guys are veterans doing this thing but um you know with it's not like i sit down and go you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna get two shows out of talking to uh jim gray for instance who ended up two part but you just get going and 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 if i feel like it's interesting i mean i i hope maybe somebody else feels like it's kind of interesting next thing you know is you put you know 45 50 minutes or something on tape and you're like well that'd be a pretty long uh podcast let's just split it up into two and and i don't you know brad had a really good career with the rockies and and was popular but probably always overshadowed by the holidays and ultimately the carlos gonzalez's of the world and the todd helton's who's one of his closest friends brad hop what did we say earlier man good dude he's a great dude and he's interesting and also has you know definite opinions on different things and, and pretty good storyteller from, you know, that period of time that was, that was fascinating uh, for people who followed baseball in our town with the Rockies and that 2007 run. So kind of organically it became a two part uh, deal. Yeah. Once, once that hall of fame gets going in McGregor square and, and we start seeing some of these guys come back, you're right. Players like Brad Hopp, I think are starting are going to get you know appreciated a lot more by this new generation of, of people coming to Colorado or young Rockies fans saying, "Wow, yeah, no, that 2007 couldn't have happened without a guy like Brad Hall." And and, and Brad Brad was very upfront and and uh, and candid. Like we were talking about Larry Walker, who we you know I was texting with Larry last night because he was in L.A. and went went to the game with the, the I guess the lead guitarist for Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Um, you know, walk, so walk, walk gave him tough love and Brad didn't just give the obligatory. Oh yeah. You know, Walker was great to me. He goes, no, Walker was hard on him initially. Cause he was a, you know, a young player when he came up. And uh, so I found that really interesting stuff that he shared about Larry when Brad was, you know, a, a rookie and, um, you know, trying to, you know, scared to death. He'd made the transition to the outfield. He was really more of a first baseman, uh, you know, collegiately at LSU. And uh, so there was really interesting byplay that Brad shared uh, about his interactions with Walker early in, early in his career. You got to subscribe to the Drew Goodman podcast to hear all of that stuff. We got to go back to listen to last week's. Make sure you get the two parters in for sure. Right. Absolutely. Um, we got to wrap this thing up, though. This question from Will is too good to let it slide by without asking. And since we brought it up today, is Drew, when you were on the Nuggets broadcast, way I like that he threw the word way in here, Will. Yeah, like <laughs> way back two in years ago. <laughs> With like Prime Sports, did you ever go up into the top of McNichols where the organist used to sit uh, when it was up in the catwalks? 
I've never been up in the catwalks. No, <laughs> um, I've been up, you know, to the top of McNichols, um, you know, called, I had to fill in for John Kelly, uh, I, I think once. So um, I was way up, you know, he called hockey from way up high, but I've never, I don't think I've ever been to where the organ is. I certainly, I was never up in the catwalks and I wouldn't volunteer to go up in the catwalks because I'm not big on heights. Oh yeah, same. I'm not sure. not doing that. So I guess I missed out. <laughs> or not. Or or you dodged a bullet. Maybe yeah. 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 Maybe not. Uh well, awesome stuff. Really appreciate it. Like I said, you gotta go and subscribe to the Drew Goodman podcast so you can get the rest of that Brad Hop stuff. Uh fantastic guests like that all the time. I'm with Sir Sketch. I'm ready for the Garrett Atkins episodes and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Eventually one we'll day. Be, you know what? Hey, I'm going to get Atkins on because uh, Addy lives in town and uh, he, Addy's cl- is, is closet funny. You know, he's <laughs> witty, sharp guy, former UCLA guy. Always got an edge to him a little bit. It, it's actually hysterical when it's Atkins, Spielborgs and Sullivan in the mm. same room. It's one of the great treats of fantasy camp one time with this show we'll do a fantasy camp we'll talk about fantasy camp which you know this year obviously there was no fantasy camp it's one of my favorite times of year the rockies do it so well and the the coaches that come back on a year-to-year basis it's always you know spilly sully naturally huey's there um garrett atkins has been there brian fuentes josh fogg it's it's a lot of the 07 contingent and I'm telling you, the the nights get late, the stories are tremendous, and the barbs back and forth are great. And Addy can deliver now. I mean, he he can he can deliver some, um, you know, some. You can shots. always drive him in. I will say that. Well, he, he's a great hitter. <laughs> I, that's why my comp with we'll get into this in another show. This is two different shows, but you know, Colton Welker. Yeah. One of my cops for Colton Welker's Garrett Atkins. And I only hope that, that Colton Welker can can do it, you know, anywhere close to what Atkins could do. Because that Garrett, Garrett could flat hit. Love him. Love it. Never yeah. forget the inside the park home run. The most magical part of the magical run. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> you, know you got me thinking because I have to for next week I gotta start thinking about who my guest is gonna be. And you know, I deviate from baseball as you guys know, but you got me thinking maybe I'll have to call up Atkins because right now he's he's in a bad mood because he's looking outside and it's snowing out and the place to find Atkins is on a golf course on a daily basis. So he SOL right now. So maybe I'll have Addy on next week. We got to get him to come out to the DNVR golf tournament that we're having. Yeah. There's, there's a there few you go. next Saturday. He's a ringer. Yeah. He's a really good player. Yeah. Really I say we player. get Kyle Freeland, but I think he's busy trying to rehab and get back out. Kyle there. is uh, not <laughs> going to uh, accept your invitation right now. Maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, absolutely appreciate you taking the time, Mr. Drew Goodman. Uh, make sure, again, make sure you're following the podcast. We know you're watching all the games on AT&T Sportsnet, but still, make sure you're checking it all out. You're following at Drew Goodman 42 on social media. You can give us a follow as well, like at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick U. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Subscribe to the DNVR.com. You don't want to miss out on any of that stuff. We're talking baseball all year long, 24-7 in our Discord chat, on social media, everywhere. 
all the time. We really can't get enough of doing it. We appreciate all of you for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and the Drews Goodman and Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.